Have a few minutes? You won't believe what you can do with it. Open a Regions checking account online in as little as five minutes. Then enjoy award-winning service and banking tools and tech that help you live in the moment. Learn more at regions.com slash live in the moment. Regions Bank member FDIC. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel, it's time for Gwinnett Business Radio. Gwinnett Business Radio is presented by Regents Bank. Brave the beginning. Member FDIC. And hello again, everybody, and welcome to Gwinnett Business Radio. We are broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio. Mike Samet alongside Stephen Julian. Stephen, great to see you. Happy anniversary, by the way. Thank you very much. Shout out to my better half. Uh, I definitely outpunted my coverage. So <laughs> good to see you. Yes, it's always good to be back in the studio. Two great guests with us today. Yeah. Uh, Shelly Marlett is with us. She's with Gwinnett Clean and Beautiful. She's the executive director and the president of Divisio International. Craig Divizio is yet with again, us today. Yet again, we find somebody who bought a company with their name in it. I, I just, know. I'm always fascinated well, when that I happens. can't wait to hear that story. Hey, it's just, I'm sure it's a great story. We're going to start with our friend Shelly, though. Uh, Shelly, good to see you this morning. Good to see you. Shelly Marlat is the Executive Director of Gwinnett Clean and Beautiful. For those not familiar with Gwinnett Clean and Beautiful, what is the organization all about? We, Gwinnett Clean and Beautiful is a hybrid, um, part nonprofit, part county-funded um, organization. We're an environmental organization that also is huge on community engagement. So we like to bring people together to solve sustainability issues as well as community concerns. And you are the executive director. So with that role comes what kind of responsibility? What's your day-to-day operations look like? I don't have a day-to-day, to be honest. Um, there, it's rare that two days are the same, but that's what makes it's so much fun and brings a lot of joy to Gwinnett Clean and Beautiful. We could receive calls from residents um, regarding illegal dumping or littering or graffiti or property maintenance issues. We could also um, have people calling in asking where can they recycle different things that are not accepted at the curb. In addition, um, Gwinnett Clean and Beautiful also hosts many uh, different events throughout the year. And so people also call and ask questions about those events or how and if they can volunteer. So like I said, the, no two days are the same. So it, it's a blast. I love going at Clean and Beautiful and I love leading my amazing team. I like it. So if uh, the main role of Gwinnett Clean and Beautiful is to engage, educate, and also solve some problems, let's unfortunately start with the question of the problem. What are, what are some of the challenges, problems, especially around environmental issues that Gwinnett currently is facing? Well, one of the main issues that Gwinnett is currently facing, and unfortunately it's not just solely in Gwinnett, it is nationwide, and that is litter. Litter is one of those things that just seems to crop up all over the place and ever really since COVID started or, you know, it it has become worse, um, surprisingly so. Um, For a short stint of time, um, it was really, really good. The roads were clean because no one was going anywhere. Restaurants were closed, so you didn't have those cups and bags and, you know, beer bottles and cans and various other things, you know, littering on the side of the road. But now, it's back. I would say litter is back and litter is in full force. So that's one of the main issues that we have. How, um, what are some of the specific steps Gwinnett Clean and Beautiful has taken and maybe 
some things you'd love to see happen. Sure. Um, one of the of our benchmark or landmark programs is called the Adopt a Road program, where we engage um, organizations, whether it's community or civic groups or uh, cor- large corporations or just individuals who want to do their part in helping keep um, Gwinnett clean and litter free. And so we offer that program where people can conduct at least four to six cleanups per year. After the second cleanup, they'll have a sign that's um, installed on their road that they have adopted with their name on it. So it's, you know, for organizations that aren't involved, it's a great free marketing opportunity for you. And you're also giving back to Gwinnett County. You probably just answered a question that a lot of folks have never really thought about. They see the signs all the time, say adopt a road, and then it's got some business name and they never knew what that was. And now they know. So you get like a stretch of the highway that is yours that you have to sort of keep clean yes it is about commitment we're all about commitment and engagement and so yes you get a one mile stretch on a county road Um, no state roads are allowed but a county road and it's yours it's yours for as long as you want it as long as you maintain it and keep it clean we'll provide the vest we provide the litter grabbers the garbage bags the gloves and we'll even pick it up for you after you're done Okay, so Shelly, as we're doing this uh, broadcast today in, in, in March, you've got something coming up, uh, a litter conversation with uh, Gwinnett Clean and Beautiful. Tell us about this event coming up. We are so excited about this event happening on March 23rd. It is a virtual event. Um, however, it is something that Keep America Beautiful has approached us about and asked us if we would be the benchmark um, leader in this um, conversation about litter. Like I said earlier, litter just doesn't appear here um, out of nowhere on Gwinnett County Roads. It is in roads across the nation. So we are super excited about bringing um, a panel of citizens as well as subject matter experts um, to the table, so to speak, and talk about common ways, uh, coming up with a common language because this Gwinnett is so diverse and the rest of the United States will look like Gwinnett County in the next 20 to 30 years so we need to find a common language on ways that we can fight litter and so we're going to have a panel of experts a panel of citizens that's going to be professionally moderated and so this opportunity to listen in on this event is open to anyone and everyone across the united states i think when it comes to litter a lot of people everybody's seen it right especially if you live in gwinnett county or just in any metro area but i think um it it it's one of those issues that is very much a not in my backyard. Well, that's not my yard, so what, what can I do? Or, well, that's up to the county. Well, the county's about picking up the trash. They're not necessarily about picking up every piece of trash everywhere, right? So, what are so, and you said kind of the common language. What are some of the barriers that right now kind of exist? And is one of them like people think, oh, that's that's the county's problem, not my problem. You're exactly right. Some people you hit that you're the nail on the head with that, that one. Some people think that it's not their problem or that it's not their responsibility. Some people there are some people on both ends of the spectrum. You'll have people that think, oh, that person just littered. That's no big deal. Somebody will pick it up. Or, But if they see someone litter, they'll think, oh. That's just one piece of litter. I'm going to throw mine out, too. And then it gets bigger and bigger and a bigger problem. And then you have other people that think, oh, my gosh, I just saw that person litter. And they will call us. They will give us the the make and model of the car, the tag of the car. They will give us where it was, what they threw out, and you know, because they want this person to be punished. 
Now, and how does that work? I'm always curious when if I see something, I just want to report them, but people have actually called you with that information. Are you able to follow up, and then are there fines assessed? I mean, are you able to track people down? And I would think, how do you even prove something like that? Well, believe it or not, people have those dash cams. They'll send us videos, videos of people that are... It just happened out here on Pleasant Hill not too long ago. So um, they send us that information, and we share that with the sheriff's department. And so with the hopes that they will, you know, look them up and send them what I call a love letter and asking them, hey, you've been spotted littering in Gwinnett County. Please don't do it again Hmm. kind of thing. Sometimes I'm driving down the road, too, and you see, like, a a full bag of garbage, you know, and I always wonder, you can go through the garbage, probably find out whose it is. Mm -hmm. Does that ever happen? It does. So, especially with illegal dumping um, cases, um, Gwinnett County Police Department will go out and rummage through that garbage bag to see if it belongs to somebody and then actually go and visit with that particular resident and say, you know, we found this garbage and it was on, you know, ABC Road and usually that person will say no it wasn't me and then they'll hold up a piece of mail or whatever this well this says it was you because you were here you know it's in this garbage that we found on this particular road so yes we appreciate our county partners as well as our um, public um, sector public and private sector partners too they help us create a cleaner and greener and more vibrant community we're uh, we're speaking with Shelly Marlette. She is the executive director of Gwinnett Clean and Beautiful, uh, and we've talked about the conversation you're about to have, uh, and we've talked about some of the issues that we're currently facing. Let's 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 pivot a little bit and talk about some success, especially because there's Gwinnett Clean and Beautiful. Apparently, you guys it was launched in 1980, mm-hmm. when you know even before you were born. Uh, you're kind. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Well, <laughs> flattery will get me everywhere. <laughs> Uh, there you go. Um, what are some of the strides that, that Gwinnett Clean and Beautiful, what are some of the things that Gwinnett Clean and Beautiful can point to and go, hey, we've been around since 1980, and here's some things we've been able to accomplish? Gosh, how much time do I have? Um, you because, have two minutes. Okay, yeah. all right. So <laughs> just, the <laughs> clock is ticking. Okay, so Gwinnett Clean and Beautiful, I am proud to say, even before I became executive director, um, you know, my predecessors paved the way to have some make some really great things happen in this community. One of the big things that we're excited about is our Green and Healthy Schools program that's mm-hmm. been around for 20 plus years and that's in partnership with the Gwinnett County Public School System and so it's teaching not only teachers but the students how to be environmentally sound sustainable in their thinking we've been able to provide them grants Um, one of our big things uh, in the past couple of years has been the food waste warriors program where we combat food insecurity and food waste so we conducted audits um, in partnership with the schools and the teachers as well as the students and we tried to figure out okay this is where all this food is being wasted what can we do with it and so on average you have what 145 schools they on average dispose of probably at least a ton of two per lunch per day times 180 days that's a lot of food right so Mm -hmm. that's one of our big things Um, another thing is like I said is our adopt a road program our adopt a stream program which is very similar Mm -hmm. to adopt a road you adopt a stream and you monitor it every month and you still get a sign with your name on it um, after you um, conduct that because we want to make sure that our waterways are safe as well and don't have chemicals or pollutants or anything like that in there Um, other things are in partners with um, solid waste and department of water resources we host great Gwinnett wetlands we clean up wetlands around the community we also um, host 
America Recycles Day and Earth Day events to where we collect things for free that aren't collected curbside, as well as offer free paper shredding. Wow. We, um, when it comes, let me just go back to the Adopt a Road program for just a second. So when when a company, let's say a company signs up to be part of it, are they expected to go out once a month? Are they expected to go out a couple times a year? What, what What's the expectation of how many times if I'm going to have this mile stretch on this particular road, how many times do I need to put a team together to go take care of that? At least four. Um, four times mm-hmm. a year. But there okay. are some organizations out there that will go out and clean every month. We love them. Well, your name is your name is there, so you right? don't. Yeah, it, it, re, it represents well, you. Well, so here's Mike. You, you and I have been doing this show a long time. And we've talked to so many different business leaders. And what's great is business succeeds in so many different ways. But we've heard so many that they look to give back, right? They're involved in this program, that program. There is nothing simpler to solve a problem than to go out and pick up trash. I mean, that is you, anyone can right. can help keep something clean. Even Kramer did it on Seinfeld. My wife and I were talking about this show last night. <laughs> Now, you're not allowed to paint over the lines, but the reality is in that episode, Kramer had a lot of pride about, yeah, man, my mile marker, you know, mile 176 is sparkling clean. And that is that there is nothing more basic than giving back by cleaning up after people and and, you know, maybe. I don't know. We need I guess just it's a simple message of, hey, pick up your own trash and and don't litter. But then again, if you do, hey, that's something we can do to give back. Every every business listening, if you're looking for some way to give back, get involved and pick a mile and make it clean. I think Business Radio X should adopt a road. Well, now let's not get crazy. Okay? <laughs> you know, I got no, I got a lot of bit. No, I'm just I'd, I'd love to have that conversation. How can you, how do you decide like what company gets what roads? Because there's some areas you can where pick. I'd right? like to have my pick. name where all the traffic is, you yeah. know, for example. You can choose. We have a new um, platform on our website, and it's a map, and you can actually zoom in oh, wow. and look at what roads are adopted currently and what roads are available. That is cool. We wow. make it super simple. Um, the application or agreement, per se, that right. says, hey, I commit to doing this is online as well. And my colleague, Kim Sullivan, who oversees the program, she can get you suited up and get you right we out get on the that road. get the jackets and everything you to get wear. get the jackets yeah. and everything. I love it. Yeah, and we'll even, uh, if you take pictures, we'll share those in our newsletter and our social media platforms and all those other things. You'll have your Kramer moments. I love it. And, and and you know, we can handle it, especially if Connor will come with us. <laughs> there, there you go. Because we can supervise. We'll, we'll bring the, all the family. We'll bring all the kids and everybody else. Shelly, we could talk forever. I know Gwinnett Clean and Beautiful over the years. You've gotten so many accolades for the great work you're doing. Congratulations on all the work you're doing. Keep up the great work. Um, thank you so much much for joining us for those that would like to do more uh learn more about the organization and help out where can they get all this great information absolutely they can visit our website which is gwinnettcb.org or give us a call at 770-822-5187 can i vent for one second too no okay no i'm just kidding Go you ahead. can vent to me mike <laughs> i'm gonna vent for those people with pickup trucks that throw their trash in the back of the pickup truck and then they're driving down the street and the trash comes and out. the trash comes coming out of the back of the bed of the truck that's and called secure your load oh my goodness secure your load but that that also contributes to the problem of litter but it's not just about going out and picking it up it's finding a solution to prevent it from happening See, that that's what march 23rd's event is all about there you go 
one last thing. Which, by the way, you should have called it dirty talk rather than uh, <laughs> litter conversation. You're maybe like, maybe you think it'd get more hashtag, traction. Yeah, hashtag dirty talk. Maybe I'll make that change when I get. Yeah, to the would hash, you would you send that up the chain? Sure. Well, you are the executive I am the director. Chain, so yeah, 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 exactly. Well, I don't know. Keep America Beautiful may or may not. Yeah, like they that. may not like. <laughs> If I'm driving down the road and, and I'm, you know, eating my some fruit and stuff and I decide to throw a little bit of fruit out the Great window for the question. squirrels or the animals. Great question. That's okay, right? No. No. No? No, it's not. I justify okay. by you know, the animals are gonna eat my my banana or they're gonna eat my grapes. Would you wanna eat a banana peel? The animals don't care, it's on the ground. They might. Have no. you seen what well, my I dog say, eats? I didn't say exactly the peel. <laughs> Mine too. Maybe I have a lab. She eats everything. But no, please don't please don't litter those things. Right. Okay. Please don't. So because if someone sees that, they'll say, Oh, my cup will go next to that yeah. apple core or banana peel. It's not that big of a deal. Good, it is a big good to know. Yes. Thank you. Be the example. See the only other thing see you asked great questions. All I was gonna add was I I wish she had called it the Gwinnett Clean and Beautiful Department. Then you could be GwinnettCBD.org. You'd probably get a lot more traffic out of you that. Think so? too. Man, maybe I need to have you on my marketing. You know, <laughs> that's what we do here at Business Radio X. We give back. I've given you two great marketing ideas or two horrible marketing ideas. Yeah, I'm not I'll sure the county's gonna like yeah. that very yeah, much. Yeah, that's probably not good either. Yeah. That, that's why you're the executive director <laughs> and I'm here doing this show. <laughs> Shelly, great to see you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I love it. Okay, Mike, before we get to our next guest, I do want to remind our listeners that we all know that keeping your company's financial future on track means having the right resources to support your growth. Regions Commercial Banking offers you lending capabilities and strategic solutions tailored to your needs. And you'll work with a team of experienced bankers here in Gwinnett. Discover steps to take that can help oh sorry let's try that again discover steps that take you two. can take that can help move you closer to your business goals regions is here to help to learn more they're here to help me read this right to learn more visit regions.com forward slash commercial dash banking regions bank member fdic i knew you'd jump on that all right craig divisio is here a divisio international the uh, you're the president craig of your company that's correct as, as steven said it's amazing that you found a company with your name on it and then you took it over it it, it it happened it was one of those organic things i was thinking about it and i said well uh i'm living at the time in uh in uh atlanta um italian I speak Spanish. It's like that's kind of an international flair. And <laughs> there you go. That's, that's where the name came from. I like I just, it. You know, Divisio International is the name of the company. So, so what is it you do? I am a corporate trainer. And what I mean by that is I go into medium to large size companies. And I develop the material. And then I teach at seminars, workshops, primarily on communication, also on leadership. And I've been doing that now for 33 years. I started out teaching in college. And I did that for 13 years. And um, so made the transition into business and have loved teaching adult learners. And I want to give you some credibility right away. If it's okay with you, can you list some of the top clients that you've worked with? Because it's a very impressive roster. Well, yeah. Uh, I have to mention NASA first. That, that's that been the pinnacle. I've taught at NASA now for 12 years down at Johnson Space Center. I've had astronauts in my classes. Um, IBM, UPS, American Express, Delta, Bausalam, Siemens, Cibavision, the Southern Company, the list goes on and on. I've, I've been very, very fortunate and have, through that process, interestingly enough, Mike, not done any marketing. At the end of every class, I would say, if you hated the class, don't tell anybody. 
if you love the class, go tell somebody else about my training because my kids need shoes. And, of course, I didn't have kids, but everybody got the, the joke, and it was just by word of mouth that I've been able to stay in business that long. I was going to ask, since you did NASA, why, why didn't it become uh, Divisio Universal? Or you know, Divisio Galactic. Again, See, I'm I'm just oozy with bad marketing you, you, you ideas, absolutely. which is again why I'm just a slightly annoying <laughs> co-host. Stephen, yes, stop oozing. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, so uh, so you've you you've been around the business world and doing training around leadership and communication. Talk a little bit about the current business climate um, and. and what has changed both for people seeking jobs <laughs> and also employers looking for job seekers? Yeah, that's, a, you know, we had, we had last year the great resignation between 34 <laughs> and 38 million people quit their jobs. Uh, they also call it the great reshuffle people switching jobs. I call it the great awakening. Uh, as, as horrible as the pandemic has been, and it certainly has been in lots of ways and changed uh, business in in ways that we can't, we probably don't even know yet. We won't know until historically. This is probably a silver lining. You know, people were forced to stay at home. And when they did that, I'd been advocating for years, take some time to waste some time. When you, when you teach career material, it's amazing how people got into their career. If I would say, Mike, how did you actually get into what you're doing now how did you Stephen, get into that what was the did you actually create a pathway did you investigate it did you match it up with your skills and most people don't do that you know they they just fall into a job so it was i said take some time to waste some time reflect on your life see what you're suited for then plan your career out from that very few people do that what happened during the great resignation was that people were sitting at home and a lot of these people said you know what uh, let me think about my life let me think this work-life balance that i have now a lot more of than i had previously is really attractive to me what about the business do i like what don't i like do i like what i'm doing do i like the people i'm working with you know historically the number one reason for people leaving their jobs was a bad relationship with their supervisor the second most important reason was bad relationship with their peers. And then, of course, a lot of people came up with the fact that I just don't even like what I'm doing. How did I even get here? And it was probably a series of choices. So uh, so we've got uh, people quitting their jobs for three reasons. One, to start their own business. One, because they found out they don't like what they're doing or doing it with or where they're doing it and then another group said you know what i just don't like the way the company treated me and i'm going to just take a break and go figure out what i want to do so we've got a, a, a lot of people out there now who are scrambling to find the right place for them and of course we got a worker shortage now we've got we got businesses who are saying how do we even get these people back so i really believe it's a short-term inconvenience for everybody that so many people quit but i think long term when it all shakes out it's going to be a good thing because lots of businesses are going to shift their operations what they offer how they do business more in alignment with what people are wanting these days and there's going to be more people who go back to work and they're actually now going to be in the right job or start their own business 
So, so Craig, you're in the, you're in the training business. So, so there's a gap here. How does training help fill that gap? And, and what are some of the types of programs that you're using right now to, to help with that, those issues? Well, you know, if we talk about the the leadership part of it, you've got leaders who are really scrambling to understand what the heck is going on. How do I lead my people remotely? How, what kind of conversations do I have with people when I don't really know what's coming next? You know, typically when, when organizations go through change, leaders tend to back off because oftentimes the messages are not pleasant ones. And so they say less. The mandate for most leaders is when you're going through a change, you need to talk more. You need to communicate more with your people, even if it's only to say, Shelly, this is what I'm going to tell you today. And don't hold on to that because it may change in the next five minutes and I may tell you something different. And so one of the issues is how do we get um, leaders prepared to manage through this major change? And that's where the leadership courses that I teach come in. And then we've got the, the, the employees and the employers trying to find a good match. We've got employees out there who now are saying, I now know what I want to do, and I'm going to do it with a different company, a different job, different set of circumstances, but how do I go into an interview and present myself appropriately? How do I ask the right questions so that I can really feel out a company? Is this company right for what I'm looking for? The whole reason I left my last job was because it wasn't. And I didn't ask a lot of questions. Now, I'm not going to make that mistake again. I had a guy the other day, I posted a video on YouTube where uh, it was a question that you ask interviewers at the end of the interview. Because people, I say, what do I ask? Should I have questions? Should I not have questions? Well, you should either have questions or you should tell them why you don't. And I said, one good question is, if it's a panel interview, is there anybody on this panel who would be a teammate of mine? And if somebody on the panel raises their hands, I said, tell me about the culture. Tell me about the teamwork. Tell me what it's like to be on this team. And as I posted that video, I got a comment back, and the guy said, man, Craig, I wish I'd have seen that about four years ago. He said, because if I'd asked that question, nobody could have lied enough to cover up how bad that, how, how caustic that culture was. And he says, so now I'm going to ask that question. So on the, on the, uh, the job seeker side, we've got people who are now needing to raise their game in the interview to not only present themselves well, but also be able to interview the company to make sure they're getting into a job that is typically really suited for them. On the employer side, they've had to first find out what do people really want? Okay, a lot of the there is a laundry list, Mike, of the things that employees now want. Okay, different than what they've been getting. You know, I've noticed so far you haven't said the word money. And I and that's it's up there, but it's not the top yeah, one. Yeah, right. Flexibility, especially from from the pandemic, flexibility is the number one. People want to work. And t- talking, Shelley, about your business, people want to work for a business that um, is socially conscious. Okay, that that does the right thing. They want they want a, a clear pathway to success. They want to know what it takes. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of and so companies first off, if they did any exit interviews, they need to say these people left for these reasons. What are we going to do about it? That's the first thing. Then they also have got to be prepared in an interview to ask the right questions because 80% of turnover in companies has been traced back to poor hiring decisions. 
Well, if we've got 38 million people leaving, how many of those were poor hiring decisions in the first place? Companies don't tend to invest as much money on the hiring side as they do all the training after they get somebody. Well, then it's too late. So we've got training on for interviewers on how to conduct an effective interview and really make sure they're getting the right people because it costs a company between six to 15 times their annual salary if you make a bad hire. There's a lot of factors in there. So, so um, Craig, you, um, you've talked a little bit about the employer and the employee, and <clears throat> you've kind of focused on the interview to some extent, but I was gonna ask, you know, we are Business Radio X. Um, a lot of the people who listen to us are business owners running their own business. If they're one of those medium to large businesses and they were to engage with you uh, and you were to come in and do some training, what are some of the results or what are some of the um, after effects after going through your training? Because I think sometimes training, it's it's knowledge. Sometimes you're you're teaching things that maybe people have heard before, but not necessarily in that way. What are some of the results that you want to see happen or that you hope are happening with some of the businesses that you engage in and, and do some of these educational yeah, the, the, things? The, and the best person to ask that question would be the HR person, because they're the people who most of this goes through. When you have employees who are not getting along with their teammates or their or their supervisors or whatever, they go to HR. When you've got when you've got the the bad hire situation, you got to get rid of them. HR is experiencing that. So the, so you're talking about less turnover in companies, less complaining by the employees and even maybe managers about the situations that's going on. And you're talking about, so so it, essentially productivity through all that should go up because you don't have as many issues to deal with. And you started uh, by saying that you've uh, your education focuses on leadership and communication. So leadership is in that HR and or other areas. Uh, also communication, if communication improves between employee and employer, between managers and team, things can help. But again, as the interview has gone on, it's the hiring. It's the interviewer and the interviewee getting to the getting to the nuts and bolts, getting to the key things before a hiring decision is even made or accepted is almost paramount because it might almost be too late if if some, if a wrong hiring decision is made, the cost and all that other stuff. It, it is surprising to me that my most popular course over the last 33 years was the interviewing skills course for interviewees. The course that that really, uh, unfortunately, I didn't teach anywhere near as much as I needed to was the interviewer course. It's like if you do one interview, then people feel like they've got it. And it's like you don't got it because right now you're going to have prospective job seekers coming to you, asking you questions that you probably have never been asked before about tell me what your company stands for tell me what you're doing on dei diversity equity and inclusion really important issue for job seekers now they don't want to work for a company that doesn't have a workforce that's representative of all of us i mean there's things that have happened in the last couple of years where we we things have surfaced uh, all the upset that people have had that now people say you know i've been upset about this for a pretty long time now but I don't have a way to change it in my current company. Maybe I'll start seeking a company that already has it. You know, and you, you mentioned the money issue. You know, one of the things that's really been, I call it a slow burn, Mike, uh, in, in people's minds is this um, 
uh, great divide that we have between the haves and the have-nots. You know, it used to be that a CEO made 40 times what the average employee salary was. Now it's over 400 times. It's like, are they that much better than they were 10, 15 years ago? And the people who are lagging, who are hearing the message constantly, do we need to do more with less in less time. That's been a mandate for 10 years. That falls on, for the most part, the have-nots. And so a lot of these people who quit, you know why they quit? They're burned out. They just said, I can't take this anymore. You know, not only am I working at home, you're working me twice as hard. I can't handle this. So one of the issues is I want to find out what are you doing for benefits? What are you doing with salaries? And that gets into a whole nother issue because now you're trying to be attractive to a new job seeker by giving him more money or her more money than you previously did. What are you going to do for your existing current workforce? Do you really want to upset them? Give a brand new hire more money than somebody who's been working there for five years. So there's so many things that have got to be working in unison here. Or companies are going to get caught with their pants down, so to speak, and they're not going to have the answers to these. Well, you know, so... Well, Craig, I, I feel like we could talk for another hour, but uh, this is why you know people should reach out to you. There's so much knowledge there and so much to talk about. I do want to ask a kind of a personal question. You, you talked about a... a, a an Italian New Yorker that speaks Spanish. <laughs> what got you down here to the Atlanta area? There's got to be a story there. It, it was, uh, I um, applied to, I, I went two years to Virginia Tech, then went in the military during the Vietnam War. Okay, got back out of the military and applied to graduate schools. One of them was, uh, it was Texas A&M, Georgia State University, Florida State University. At the time, I was, when I was in Germany, I was, uh, my pilot, I was a crew chief in a helicopter, and my pilot was from uh, um, uh, Thailand. And I was boxing for the Army at the time. And he said, do you want to start taking karate? And I said, yeah, that'd be great. And so I was fighting, when I got out of the service, I was fighting in karate tournaments around the, around the country. I came to Atlanta to fight in, was one of the biggest venues in karate at the time, the Battle of Atlanta, and I fell in love with the city. And so that sealed the fate in terms of, where am I gonna go for graduate school? Georgia State. That yep. was that was it. That was the whole decision, and and I've stayed here ever since. You know what I got out of that story? We Stephen? missed the wrong story in yeah. this interview. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, the, the, what I got out of that is don't mess with Craig DeVille. Yeah. No. <laughs> but also, we found out before the show you were drafted in, by, by a major league baseball team, had a college baseball scholarship offer. I mean. Karate there's there's a lot of things to unpack here with Craig. Man, helicopter, goodness. No, yeah. wow. Well, Craig, for those that would like to reach out, and, and you know, you mentioned NASA and some big companies, but I, a lot of our listeners are, are smaller, mid-sized business owners. There's a place for them to work with you as well. Absolutely, and and maybe even more so because oftentimes those smaller companies don't have an HR department. You know, Topsom's HR will go out and seek trainers and stuff. They instead, they the HR will do some of those things for them, help them with right. some in, in like internal training. But if you don't have an HR department, then you're going to be relying on outside contractors for the most part. That, so. that business owner who's looking to go from five employees to ten employees is about to do a round of hiring. That's, oh, absolutely, that's very. Inter and they haven't hired in five years. Things are very different now, and it's worth maybe talking. That's a good absolutely. point because you, I mean, your hires are so much more important when. You're, you know, you're not 
big company looking for hundreds where you get one wrong, no big deal. You go from five to six. Well, you know, <laughs> right. it's not it the can, same. No, I would be taken out of the budget other I would ways. Agree. Yeah. yeah, it's exponential yeah. in terms of importance to a small company right. that you get the right person, for sure. That was my point. So, for those yeah. that would like to know more, Craig. <laughs> uh, sorry, Craig Steve. even so, made so, our point Sorry, Stephen. No, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. How can people find out more about uh, your company? Uh, my website's got all the information that you need. It's craigdivizio.com. C-R-A-I-G-D-I-V-I-Z-Z-I-O. Great. Craig, great stuff. Great to meet you. Thanks for joining us this morning. It's been a pleasure, gentlemen. Mike, I want to remind our listeners that love is what makes a Subaru a Subaru. I've missed reading this. Enjoy a big savings <laughs> and a hassle-free experience at Subaru of Gwinnett, where people sell cars. Visit SubaruofGwinnett.com and join their family today, or come in and see the difference. If you're already a Subaruist, then make sure you check out all their social media pages for the latest news, offers, and community events. You know what we're going to do next show? What are we going to do next Because, show, you know, Mike? Subaru's been such a great partner for about five or six years now. Uh, try like seven or eight. Okay, and, and you've been reading next time i'm going to see if you can remember this and i'm you know without you actually reading you've it. done that before and i can I, so i'm so bad at memorizing things so I, I i would get it but i usually miss a phrase or i misplace a phrase it wouldn't be good now if we did who's on first the abbott and costello routine i could do that <laughs> i actually did do that and my son actually elijah can do that okay well stay tuned for that that'll be on the next episode of I, gwinnett I, business radio I'm, I'm oozing again aren't i Yes. I apologize. You and your oozing. Sorry. Uh, Craig DeVizio, DeVizio International, and Shelly Marlatt with uh, the Executive Director with Gwinnett Clean and Beautiful. Thank you again, guys, for joining us. It's been a pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I want to thank uh, Connor for producing today's show. And, of course, Stephen. I want to thank our listeners as well. We are on uh, businessradiox.com. Go to the Gwinnett Studio. Click on Gwinnett Business Radio, and you'll see eight years' worth of shows. And also, I'd be remiss if I did not mention our social media, at Gwinnett Radio. We're on Instagram, Facebook book twitter uh what else is out there other stuff Instagram. other stuff as well linkedin or yeah it's all out there hey so. and I, I just want to make sure and be clear it is a litter conversation that's all nothing else other than just a litter conversation so <laughs> and for steven who's oozing once again i'm mike we'll see you next time here I on said the right gwinnett thing. business radio <laughs>